The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Welcome to Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, a gardening show full of inspiration. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb, a self-confessed passionate gardener. I've been in the garden industry for many years and I totally enjoy sharing my knowledge with you. Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers is kindly sponsored by Bay Landscapes, 33 Bait Up Road, Richmond. Open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5, Saturday 9 to 5, and Sundays and public holidays, 9 to 4. Today we're focusing on my childhood memories of gozgogs and more late spring tasks. At Bay Landscapes, they have tamarillo, passion fruit, gooseberry, cranberry, and fig plants. There are also avocados at just $69 each. There's a wonderful selection of liquid fertiliser which is made on site. There are several different types. They come in one litre containers for $7 and the ratio of use is 10 to 1. There's something perfect for feeding all of your crops and your other treasures. Well, we had lovely rain on Saturday. We got 18 mils total from Friday night through to Saturday lunchtime roundabout. So that was better than nothing on our property, I must say. It was just, oh, when it started to rain just lightly on Friday night, the fragrance, it was just that beautiful, I've forgotten the word, the term for it, it begins with P. The fragrance of that rain, because we hadn't had any for a while, was just so beautiful. I just stood there in the rain enjoying it without a coat on. It was just gorgeous. I definitely got the summer blues on Sunday though. It was very hot in the sun. I went out into the kitchen garden in the morning and I, I, I just I started to get really grumpy because I, I really had a lot I wanted to accomplish and I probably only got a third of it done and I was absolutely sweltering. Came up to the house like, not ready for summer, don't want summer, can we just have autumn? But then I remembered that you need summer to get ripe tomatoes, so mm, I guess I can't have it both ways, can I? So... Like I always say, I'm just going to have to find a way to cope with the heat. I had a lovely time in the afternoon, though. I went into the shady part of my perennial garden, fighting off mosquitoes, I might add, but at least I was in the shade and I managed to do some gardening without getting too hot, which was lovely. I love gooseberries. I always have, or gooseogs, as we used to call them when I was growing up. I have three different varieties in my kitchen garden. I've got an Invicta, which is a more modern variety of gooseberry, and this one is more resistant to mildew because gooseberries can be slightly um, uh, susceptible, that's the word I want, to mildew. So Invicta is a good one because it is resistant. I've also got, yeah, and just getting back, sorry, Invicta is a green, it starts off green and it stays green for quite a long time. Eventually it gets some colour. Um, it doesn't tend to really go red, so it's more of a, a green variety. And I've got two Pax gooseberries. These are very special. And one of my Pax varieties was actually given to me by a darling friend in Wellington. And so I've had it for years. And it's been from pillar to post. It was looked after while I was overseas for two years. And it's, it's sort of managed to fruit. Actually, it did fruit quite well here one year. And then I had to shift them. And we've been here 18 years. I can't believe it. And so yeah, I shifted them. And so I've got two, so I've only got two packs because I've just recently planted another one. But I've also got an unnamed heritage variety. But what I want to mention about what happened, it was quite funny. I, after I'd shifted them, 
In the last few years, they've been weed-eated down to the ground, probably two or three times, the poor things, because darling John, when he was weed-eating in the kitchen garden, didn't recognise that they were gooseberries, because there was probably weeds around them at the time. So they ended up getting cut right down, and so they, and I honestly thought the last time he did it, I looked at them and I thought, no way are these going to come back. <laughs> but they did, slowly but surely. And the Pax one, I really had to nurture, there was just like one stick, it's like, oh... So, yeah, they're now looking really good. And I've got one gooseberry on one of them. <laughs> Crikey. Actually, I just told a, a, a wee white lie. I've actually got three packs because I just bought another one on the weekend because we managed to get some from Evendale Nurseries in Invercargill for Bay Landscapes. And it is such a beautiful gooseberry. It really is. And what I love about it is that it does ripen really deep red. Interestingly enough, the one that I got from my dear friend... I'm not sure whether it's an older variety of packs, whether there's a newer variety available. I always thought it was just a very old variety because the one that I got from Trish actually just starts off red. So the gooseberries actually start off red and, and they stay red. They go deeper and deeper. They're just so sweet and delicious. So I can tell you that gooseberries are definite survivors. If you've never grown them, or you're not quite sure whether you even like them. Sometimes they're available at the farmer's markets round about early summer. So it's worth just keeping an eye out for them. They're beautiful in something like gooseberry full, which is where you stew them with a little bit of sugar, or as much sugar as you want to taste, and then mix them with whipped cream. They are absolutely gorgeous like that. And you can also add some crushed meringue. You can tell I really love gooseberries. So if, if the thorns put you off, Try not to let them. Pax is a good one because it is almost thornless. It doesn't have as many thorns as some of the other varieties. So that is a good one to start with if, if you're not sure whether you like them or not or, the, or just the, the thorns put them off. Put, sorry, my mouth put you off. Talking of thorns, citrus trees have horrendous thorns. So if you can cope with citrus tree thorns, I think you can cope with gooseberry thorns. Gooseberries bring back such lovely memories of my childhood and teenage years growing up in Invercargill. I've mentioned our veggie garden in the past. It was a very special large area backed by a brick wall. We had three or four gooseberry bushes in a row near the wall and they were absolutely, they were huge. I think they were round about, by the time I left home in my 20s, they were about a metre and a half wide and at least they'd usually put on about half a metre's growth in a season. They were just gorgeous. So obviously they're very, very frost hardy because we used to get horrendous frosts in Invercargill. And yeah, they're just a very, very hardy fruit crop. I'm not sure what variety we had. As a, I, it can't have been Invicta because I don't think Invicta was around then. I could be wrong, don't quote me. But it definitely was a type that started off green and stayed green until right when it, it was really ripe. And then they sort of went a blush pinky red. They never went that really deep, deep red. We normally harvested them when they were still green and, and large. So maybe when they just had a little bit of give to them, they weren't rock hard. But really, we had to take our chances and just harvest them all at once because once they do, did start to ripen, the birds just went for it. So we probably did harvest them just before they were starting to ripen properly. But I remember some of them were about 2.5 centimetres long and a good, you know, 2 centimetres wide. They were just beautiful, big, fat berries. You're on Fresh FM. This is Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, sponsored by Bay Landscapes, 33 Bait Up Road, Richmond, 
open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5, Saturday 9 to 5, and Sunday and public holidays 9 to 4. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb. Today we're focusing on my childhood memories of Guzgogs and more late spring tasks. At Bay Landscapes, they have a wonderful range of dahlias and one-litre pots from Evandale. These are gorgeous, robust plants, and a lot of them are just starting to come into flower. The lovely thing about that, rather than just buying a tuber, is you can actually see what the flower is going to look like. So, yeah, there was a gorgeous red one there on Saturday, and I was tempted, but I, I managed to withhold myself. All bulbs at Bay Landscapes are now half price. There's an incredible range of bedding plants, including four packs from Evandale of perennials. This is a brilliant way of buying them. Things like Echinacea, Galadia, and more. So do look for them. They're, I think they're called lasting, lasting something rather. Sorry, I'm just trying to picture the label in my head. But they're, and they're with all the other bedding plants. So just hunt them out because it's a fantastic way of buying perennials. You get four for $10, which is four plants, sorry, in a punnet for $10, which is fantastic. The other lovely memory I've got, and this one really made me giggle when I thought about it, was my sister and I used to rage the gooseberries. Mum would say to us, don't eat them when they're green, you'll get a terribly sore stomach. Well, I think my sister used to get a sore stomach occasionally. Well, I certainly never did. I used to eat a lot of them when they were green. We used to hide behind the gooseberry bushes. <laughs> Isn't it lovely when you have memories like that? And I remember my sister saying, go into the kitchen and sneak some sugar. And I, I probably said, why me? And I, she probably said, you're good at it. <laughs> so I, I just remember tiptoeing. I used to tiptoe into the kitchen. I'd open up the cupboard, get a saucer, and then I'd tiptoe into the pantry, very gently pull. We had those lovely wooden bins that pulled down. And I used to tip, I'd, I'd pull it down very gently and just get a scoop of sugar or a couple of, a couple of you know, like a teaspoonful of sugar. Then I'd tiptoe back out of the kitchen and hoping mum wasn't going to catch me, and go back up into the into the garden, and we'd sit there and dip and you know bite into the gooseberries, and then dip the other end in sugar. It was such a lovely treat. It really was. Memories like that are so precious. Then, of course, there was the dreaded day when I or we were asked to harvest the crop, knowing we had to try to harvest without being pricked to death by the nasty thorns. I can vividly remember looking and thinking, oh, the biggest ones, of course, the biggest ones were always in the centre of the bush. You know, of course they would be, wouldn't they? And I just remember trying to weave my hand through. We didn't wear gloves. Tried to weave my hand through without getting pricked. I hate to think how many times my arms got pricked, but it really was worth it. Then, of course, you know what happened next? Once harvested, and usually it was, you know, two great big massive potfuls, like great big preserving pans, if not more, we used to tip them out on the kitchen table and painstakingly top and tail them. And then they'd be frozen for, for future use, for use in winter. Mum used to make gooseberry pie. She'd also do gooseberry full, gooseberry crumble, and we'd also have the gooseberries stewed for breakfast. And they'd had just enough sugar to take that tartness away, but they weren't too sweet. They were just divine. Such a special fruit. They love humus-rich... Uh, humus? Yeah, humus, not hummus. <laughs> they love humus-rich soil that retains some moisture in summer. So it's really important to incorporate lots of compost, sheep manure pellets, and, and then mulch them. Once you've planted, mulch them heavily in all our districts because they, they do, whether you're in Golden Bay or Tasman, Nelson or in Marlborough, it's a really good idea to give them a good mulch with either pea, barley or red clover straw. Do keep the mulch slightly away from the stems of the plant. And once you've harvested, you, you prune them after they've fruited. 
and really all you take off is any dead wood and any branches that might be crossing over. Sometimes they can they can be a little bit uh, they put off that they can put on quite odd growth. You might find they'll layer themselves, they'll go down to the ground, and then you'll end up with with a, a rooted piece. That's great because that's a new plant. You can plant that somewhere else. But the other really important thing with gooseberries and a lot of other sort of berry fruit is they do need good airflow. If they don't have good airflow, that's when you're likely to end up with rotting fruit and also a lot of mildew. So that's something that's quite important. Getting on to more late spring tasks. All summer crops and leafy greens are growing well now. It's really important to keep everything as well watered as you can because any stress, particularly with leafy greens, they, that can cause them to bolt quite quickly, especially when we're getting this sort of heat. It, it's very humid. It was very humid yesterday, and I was fighting mosquitoes off in my, in my studio office. Unfortunately, it's that time of the year again. Things like coriander and rocket, it's a really good idea to plant them in the shade now. They don't deal well with the hot summer sun, and it does cause them to bolt really quickly. And if they dry out at all, that's when they really just bolt suddenly, particularly rocket. It can bolt overnight. The other thing that loves semi-shade over the summer is things like silver beet or perpetual spinach or even bright. Bright light silver beet seems to cope better with, that's the coloured one with the coloured rainbow stems. That seems to cope a little bit better with excessive heat. But I know silver beet and spinach, perpetual spinach, definitely doesn't. The other thing, if you still want to carry on planting something like Popeye spinach or um, the baby spinach, then it's quite important to put that in the shade as well. It doesn't deal well with heat at all. You can plant beans holus bolus now. It's slightly late for peas. You could, you could still do a crop, but it might be an idea to buy, I'd, I'd buy peas seedlings rather than trying to do them from seed. Because what tends to happen with peas, as the heat kicks in, they, they get mildew quite quickly as well. I planted some seedlings, must have been a couple of weekends ago, and they're growing really quickly. So I'm hoping that they're going to be okay. They should hopefully be producing their crops before Christmas. Speaking of which, I've been taking really good care of my raspberries. If you have raspberries that are forming raspberries, then hopefully they won't be forming anything else then it's a great time, if you haven't already done so, give them a side dressing of sulphate of potash. I love the powder variety, as you know, because you can instantly water that in and it's going to be absorbed straight away. This will help with the flavour and even the colour of the fruit. It's also really important to mulch them now, or I tossed around a lot of sheep manure pellets just before it rained. I think I started, as it was spitting on Friday afternoon, I went out and threw a load of sheep manure pellets around my raspberries as well. It's also a great time to think about protecting crops such as raspberries. If you've got cherry trees, then definitely protect them too. I don't think bird netting is a great option. What I do is I get my microclimber frost cloth and I cut it into long strips and then I use it like a bandage over the cherries that I know I'm going to be able to reach and I tie it with stretch ties. This really works and it does help the cherries to ripen too because it creates literally a microclimate. This way I know I'm not going to be trapping any birds because no matter what you do with bird netting, particularly if you're putting it over a cherry tree, if you can reach, it's really hard to get it secure enough to stop birds from getting in. And let's face it, they can still pick the cherries through the bird netting. Happy gardening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you have any questions about anything I covered, email me at nelson at freshfm.net. 
Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers is Tuesday morning, 20 to 11. Thanks Bay Landscapes, 33 Baytup Road, Richmond, open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5pm, Saturday, 9 to 5pm, Sunday and public holidays, 9 to 4pm, for supporting my show. And thank you for joining me. See you next time. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.